Hey everybody, this is Terrell Cummings and this is episode 15 of season 2 of the Always Relevant Podcast. Dan and I are back from our holiday hiatus and we're here to discuss football in full force and a few other things as well. So we're going to go ahead and uh, have Mix It Up with Lee, as always, talking about his uh, espresso martini. Well, we're talking about our New Year's resolution for this year, uh, the College Football National Championship, the Bengals making the playoffs, the Browns autopsy. Uh, we'll be making our NFL wildcard playoff picks, and we'll be talking about uh, coaches being fired, or should they be fired, yes or no, within our rapid-fire topics. As always, we'll have to get real with Dane and finish up with Message Money with Ralph. So, we're back. We're excited. We hope you are, too. Here we go. Enjoy the show. All right, everybody, we are back. Season 2, Episode 15, back from our holiday hiatus. It's Dane DeMeo and Terrell Cummings here on the Always Relevant Podcast. Dane, what's going on, man? What's been good? Nothing's been good, right? <laughs> Steelers going to the playoffs. Bengals going to the playoffs. Hey, that's good. That's good home. for me. Hey, that's good for me. Browns are Super Bowl champs this year. Not and because we're yeah, yeah. And because we're on holiday break, right? I had to wear this for the first right. time in my life, and hopefully last time in my life. Ryan. You've made me lose a terrible bet, right? The only reason I made this bet is because I thought Rel here secretly wanted to wear Ohio State gear. Nah, bro. And that's why we made the bet, because we thought there was no way Michigan was winning that game. They came out working. Here I am. So the good part, I left the tag on it because I'm taking it right back to Lids as soon as we're done. Get this out of my house. But I am a man of my word and have honored my bet. Hey, it is much appreciated. Hopefully this is – the beginning of some change for good old blue. We'll see if Harbaugh stays or not. Uh, I think he will, but Tom will tell. We'll see what kind of control he gets, what kind of control and money offers he gets from the NFL. But we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. So first, how are you? How are you really? How am I? As always, I'm all right, doing okay. How am I really? Well, honestly, I just got over uh, having COVID, so it's been fun. Luckily, I had only had mild symptoms. Wasn't anything crazy or too bad. I mean, I had like temperature and stuff. I was tired, and then breathing was a little more labored than normal as far as everything. But I'm recovering, and that's good. I'm glad that uh, nobody in the house had anything too crazy or too bad from it or whatever, and you know, everybody's still kind of able to, to function uh, pretty well and everything. So glad about that, glad that everybody is uh, not doing too bad, and I'm looking to get back on the up and up. Plus, Bengals are in the playoffs. Game's coming up this Saturday, and I'm going, so I'm pretty hyped up about that. So that's how I am. Dane, how are you? How are you really? Well, I'm terrible after dealing with the most exhausting Brown season I can remember. And there's been a lot of them, but this one was worse because of the expectations. 75 years celebrating the franchise this year, and you laid the biggest clunker ever, which we'll get into. How am I really, you know, I'm ready for the new year. We're going to talk a little bit about resolutions here and, you know, (laughs) how I'm taking it a different direction this year. But, you know, I'm doing good other than having to wear this, this, Great. Hey, it looks great on you. Here. It look it looks great on you, man. You should you should rock it more often. Say go blue a little bit. You know, why not? I, I think I think it's gonna be for the best. No, I still got yeah, I, and you know what? I was feeling good about the Cavs, and they did win last night. They did beat slowly Sacramento, but we'll get into that shortly ever. Right. You know, but yeah, that you know, it is what it is. I'm ready for the new year. I'll put it this way: it's a new beginning, right? New Year's, new brown <laughs> season already underway. Here we go. Hey, you're waiting until next year already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, here we go. All right, all right. So we're going. We're moving past that. We're gonna go. We mix up a Lee. Lee couldn't be on the podcast with us, but he did leave us a drink recipe for the new year. First podcast of the new year. So he has something called an espresso martini. So he said, take two ounces of vodka, one ounce of espresso or cold brew, uh, 0.75 ounces of coffee liqueur, 0.25 ounces of simple syrup. Combine and shake with a lemon peel. Strain into a martini glass, garnish with a new lemon peel, and it's ready to drink. So there will be videos that's coming out here soon. Just got to wait for Lee to send it to me. Once he sends it to us, I'll go and put it out there. Hashtag always relevant. Hashtag mix it up with Lee. And uh, we'll see what's good. So we'll, uh, and we'll get to show off some of his, um, I don't know, drink slinging skills. And uh, I'm sure many people out there listening to us, they have those same skills. So if they want to go ahead and uh, send some drink recipes to the podcast, we're all ears. 
And uh, if anything, we know Lee can make him right. Dane and I might try to make him, but leave to professionals. So, yes. Dane, Dane, New Year's resolutions, what do you got? You know what? What are we talking about here? Like every year, everybody's like, I'm going to get back in shape. I'm going to be a better person, all this kind of stuff. And while I was sitting New Year's Eve eating a prime rib that was just fantastic, that was the size of the plate from Madeline's, and it was so good, I realized, you know what? Why get in shape? I'm 42 years old. Who cares? Right? Who cares? <laughs> True. Hey, hey. Hey, what you do though? What you do? My, my resolution this year is I'm going to eat every steak, prime rib, potato, anywhere, anywhere I can go and pound it, right? I'm going to enjoy the food this year, right? I'm going to go out. I'm going to get my food. I'm going to go to the beach. I'm going to look like, what is it, Jabba Fat, Jabba the Hut. I'll be out there shining with no tan out on Dewey Beach right here in <laughs> Delaware, right? Kicking it down in Ocean City, Maryland, glowing, shining after I eat all-you-can-eat crab, which I'm going to hit that a couple times this year. I'm going to go get a lobster, right? They give you two crab cakes this year, not those one small one, cutting back yeah. on price. You know, I'm going to pay for both. I want two this year. And then – you know what? I'm going to get one of them prehistoric looking lobster crab tails. You know what I mean? I mean, lobster tails. <laughs> you know what? If I even late John Madden, if I can get my hands on a turducken, I'm going to do a turducken. I'm going to do it big this year. Literally doing it big. What about you? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I like the, the idea of like different steaks. So I'm starting off. We're looking to go to one of Jeff Ruby's restaurants somewhere around here in Cincinnati, get some steaks there. And I'm on board. I'm a ribeye kind of guy. I want to see who's got the best. Yeah. So I'll go on the, the ribeye tasting tour, and I'm all about it. So. Yeah, and you know what? We're going to have to talk about on the podcast. We've been talking about terrible service in the industry. I'm shouting out Madlands out here in the Lehigh Valley area. Food was fantastic. The group there was a group of 12 of us, I believe. Really? Good drinks. Everybody got good food. It was serious. I got to give shout out and give props for props is due. All right, over on 100. If you're listening, you're close. I recommend you hit it up. But uh, we're going to be calling out people that give us crap service this year. So be on the lookout. Hey, we'll be on the lookout. I think uh, I think for my birthday this year, I think we're trying to figure out where we're going to go. And I'm leaning leaning towards Dallas. Might be might be going down and visit Dennis down there in Dallas. So here Texas does it big. I hear they do do big with states as well. So. You know, yes, they do. That I way. haven't been to Dallas, I think, in 15 years, so I'm looking forward to that. I've, I've also, never been there. I've only been in the airport. That's it. Yeah, and resolutions, right? Uh, you know, let's not even worry about that. Uh, hopefully the Browns are making some, though, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah, they, they need some help there for sure. So, all right. We, you got our take on New Year's resolutions. We don't believe in them. Not the traditional ones, at least, but – I'm looking forward to hearing about Dane's All You Can Eat in New Year's resolution. It should be interesting. It should be uh, it should be fun to, to watch take place and watch the debacle happen. So I'm pretty yeah, let's get big 2022. The Pelotons for holding clothes and for looks, right? <laughs> it's get big 2022. Let's do it. Let's do it for sure. Let's do it for sure. All right, what we got? Um, College won national championship last night. The Dogs, new national chance beating the tie. What's up with that, man? Georgia First over Alabama. First time since 1980. It's hard to believe it's been over 40 years since Georgia's won a national title. Uh, clearly, they're up there. They just haven't been able to get past Alabama. Yeah. Clearly an elite team, uh, talent-wise, with a good quarterback, small quarterback, leader quarterback. Stetson's going to go down as a Georgia legend. His name's going to be on every building, everywhere you can be in the Georgia area. How about, right. NILs. How about NILs? He's probably collecting. Yeah, yeah. So, and you know what? He earned it because I'll tell you what. I thought Alabama was going to win that game. And I even texted my dad later. I said, well, was there ever any doubt when Alabama went up by five? Like, you know what I mean? Did, was anybody shocked this was happening, right? right? Even with receivers dropping the ball all over the place for Bryce Young, right? Real quick, we got to talk about Bryce Young. Dude balled out. People dropping balls looking like the Cleveland Browns out there. I understand they were missing their top two receivers, but this is Alabama. Guys off the bench are supposed to be just as good for real. You know right. what I mean? Maybe a little younger is really the only difference, right? So, uh, 
Mr. Flippers at the end of the game. And I hate to go after a freshman who didn't think he'd even be in that spot, but you got to be ready to go. It's literally next man up. We talk a lot about next man up. And, you know, most schools, there is no next man up, right? Or it's right. a this drop off. But it yeah. is truly next man up when you're talking Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, elite programs. It truly is next man up. There shouldn't be much fall for the next guys going in. I'm yeah. not making excuses for Alabama, but dudes were dropping balls. And when Williams tore his knee up there at the right at the start of the game, that was right away a, a big game changer, right? Yep, for sure. For sure, because I mean, he, I think he's not like the bailout guy. He's a guy that Bryce Young can count on. He's their big play guy. You know, he sets up every other receiver on their offense because he can handle the double teams. He's got the speed to make the big plays. He's the guy that Bryce Young really trusts since Mechie was already out with torn ACL. So, you know, when he went down, I mean, it was tough. And they try to keep the same game plan, but it's hard to do that with Georgia's front seven. You know, they're bringing it to Alabama's offensive line, and um, they're giving pressure on Bryce Young all day. And I'm going to give a little little props to Kirby here, and I'm not sure who his defensive coordinator is. I can't think of it at the moment. But He's the uh, head coach of Oregon. I yeah. Name, but he's going to be head coach of Oregon now. So. so they got no pressure on Young in the SEC title game, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they came out with a different game plan. The delayed blitz that they were running with linebackers stunting through the same hole nonstop straight up the middle was genius. Why? Because Bryce Young's a small quarterback. And that's why we'll get into, you know, later in another podcast about who's NFL ready and all that stuff. But his size is a concern. If you've right. seen him and Stetson shake hands at the end of the game, they're the exact same size, yep. right? But anyway, Georgia came right up the middle with delayed blitzes, bringing linebackers technically through the same hole right in his vision and chasing him out. Even though Bryce Young's a fantastic athlete, nobody's got better athletes in Georgia. And those linebackers were able to run him down like other schools weren't able to. I mean, let's face it, Georgia has 11 draftable players, I think I heard, on defense. It's yeah. just crazy talent, right? No, for sure. No, I agree 100% as far as doing that. Um, that they, they was almost like when they had their delay blitz, one linebacker was coming, and the other one's delaying, watching them almost like he was a spy for a second. Then he come up the middle and then chase him down. And you saw it specifically in the second half uh, where they made their adjustments there. And um, I think after a while, Alabama just couldn't keep up. And you know what? Even with all of that and the players out for Alabama, the play before the interception return for the touchdown hit that. That was one of the best thrown balls you will ever see under that kind yeah. of pressure. Bryce Young threw a, people. threw a great ball. Dude tried to flipper it, man. I don't know what he was doing. He should have just caught it. Right, you're a receiver. Tell him, you know, he just yeah. I mean, he, 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 he was trying to go like this. He should have just went like that and grabbed it. Uh, I'll tell you what, he catches that. That's probably a touchdown or right down by the goal line. Instead, it was intercepted, return for a touchdown. The following play, that was the game. Yeah, I mean, he went and he, he ran a, a look like a corner route. You know, basically, I think um, I think Georgia they're probably sitting in look like a cover two. I mean, he threw it over a linebacker. I believe the corner was still short, but he didn't get enough depth to get to where the pass was and the safety was back there, but the ball was just out of the reach of the safety and it was perfect. There really was, really wasn't a reason for him to short on it because it was just him and the sideline. So I don't know if he didn't see it. I don't know if he was like, he got distracted from it or, or whatever it was, he missed the ball though. And it was a perfect throw pass because Bryce Young had pressure coming uh, people in his face. He got hit on the play and he could have thrown a better ball and that ball, if he would have caught it would have been, it would have been in the red zone for sure. I think it would have been inside the 10. Oh, it was zone. inside the five probably by yeah, the time he so, landed forward with it. Right. That's if you would have hit the ground. I mean, he could have caught it and, and ran it in, to be honest with you. But that, that was tough, and that could have been a momentum changer as well because I think that would have given them back-to-back -back scores. But um, And you know what? Will Anderson and the Alabama defense was awesome early, but I think they finally started to get worn down a little bit there. Uh, Georgia was able to start running the ball a little bit. But here's yeah. the other – here was the other key play, not just the drop there. There was actually another turning point in the game. Georgia goes down by five. They had been trying to run the ball all day, right, and couldn't get it done. They came out slinging it when they got down five, and Stetson earned his legendary stats. Yeah, well, because he threw that interception. Big throws. He Stetson threw that interception deep in his own territory when he was getting sacked. He kind of threw the ball. Oh, yeah, that was he, ended he up a fumble. Yeah, so – yeah, it was a fumble, whatever, it was a turnover. And so after that, they came back out of the field. You're right, they started slinging around the field for hey, a little bit. And next four passes, four for four for 88 yards after that turnover. 
Yeah. Like he came out slinging, dude. And they went down and got the lead. And I was like, whoa, what just happened? Like yeah. I thought the game was over when Alabama got that five point lead. Yeah. Well, I didn't think it was over because it's Bama and Saban. You know, they're going to come back. But right. that was a huge, I didn't see that coming. I don't think Alabama's defense was ready for that. No, I don't think so either. But I mean, I was, I, that always seemed like it was a, it was a problem for their defense, their secondary, if you actually did get a chance to attack it. And I know they had bad DBs that were hurt or they had young DBs in there. And finally, the Georgia started taking advantage of it. Um, that, you know, starting that drive and thinking yeah. at that point. And on, on, um, I think if Alabama did blitz, they were hitting their running backs out of the backfield for big plays. Like Dalvin Cook's brother was named James Cook. Yeah. He, uh, he had a big play down the sideline um, on a little just dump off right out of the backfield. So. Yeah. And ultimately, here's why, you know, I was all over Alabama. They, they closed as three point dogs against Georgia. And I'll tell you why. The SEC proved outside of Georgia and Alabama to be extremely weak this year because they all got hammered by Big Ten teams and Big 12 teams, except for Kentucky beat an Iowa team that was essentially the same team. They both played defense and no offense. Right. And uh, South Carolina beat a lowly uh, North Carolina Duke team. I mean, lowly North Carolina team from the ACC. So, you know, I, Texas Tech stomped Mississippi State. Ole Miss got smoked by Baylor. Uh, Oklahoma State actually came out and beat Notre Dame. I bring Notre Dame up because they were talked about it should have might maybe have been in there over Georgia, right? Uh, Big 12 stepped up. And, you know, I like to trash the Big 12. But they were good in bowl season. But at the end of the day, yeah. yeah, so the SEC looked weak. Even after Georgia pounded Michigan, I still wasn't convinced on Georgia because I thought Michigan came into the game satisfied. I didn't think they were ready to play. That's on hardball. That Georgia is not that much better than Michigan. I know I might get killed for that statement, but the whole Michigan defensive line is probably going to the NFL. You had the number one pick at defensive end. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it's no. just – it, it was a bad Michigan played everything that Michigan could have done wrong. They did wrong in that game. Yeah, and and Georgia, Georgia was tuned up because they got worked over by Bama in the SEC uh, championship game. And Michigan came off that high. I think Michigan had a letdown. Yeah. You know, it, was just, and, it was a bad combination of things for sure. And I know it was early in the year, but remember that Georgia did not score on a, what ended up being a very average Clemson team. They're, they won that game on an interception return for a touchdown. So taking all that into account, I was all over Bama to still win this game. Right. And Georgia didn't prove to me they were for real until they actually beat Bama here in the national championship team game. But congratulations to them. It, it kind of kills the notion that you have to be a champ, uh, conference champ to get into the uh, title game, right? So well, I mean, they pretty much they pretty much had run the run the, the game all year. And then they played their worst game of the season against Bama in the SC Championship. And it was probably that was probably one of those things where a loss was probably good for them. It probably woke them up and gave them a drive and hunger of what they wanted to shoot for. And they came out and they did. And you know, Gary. Now I'll say this. Do I think that game's different if Bama's top two receivers play? Absolutely. But you yeah, know, yeah, that's yeah. part of the game. Health is part of the game, and that is what it is. Best ability is availability, right? Yep. So, you know, Georgia's stole one, right? Uh, I know that's not going to be a popular take, but, you know, Bama's top receivers play and those dudes catch the ball. It's a different game. You know, yeah. it's it's a different game. So, but yeah, Georgia, Georgia, that's not to take it away from Georgia. They earned it. Uh, doesn't do anything to ba- uh, Saban's legacy. He's got seven national titles. He's the greatest coach of college football ever during the toughest era to win. I don't doesn't do anything there. And, and they're going to come out number one this year. They have the top recruiting class. They have the Heisman Trophy winner coming back. Yep. They're the cream of the crop still. Yep. Uh, I agree with everything you just said. So <laughs> uh, yeah. We're in agreement a lot on this game. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah you, can't, you can't say anything about that. I look forward to next year. I look forward to seeing what happens. Obviously, you know, I'm sure you're looking forward to seeing what Ron Day's new at the Ohio State, see if they can reload. He's already, like, got a new defense coordinator. He's gotten a – I think a new offensive line coach and, you know, he's shaking things up. So to me, if he's shaking things up, he's feeling the pressure because things weren't the same in, in Ohio state this year as it have been in the past. Let's let's real quick on Ohio state, right? One of Alabama's top top receivers is at Alabama because they weren't good enough to start Ohio state. I'm tired of the underperformance by Ohio state. That's on Ryan day. He can't get his guys ready to play. 
The loss to Oregon at the beginning of the season was unacceptable. The way they got hammered by Michigan was unacceptable. Their guys are not ready to play. They have top recruiting classes. They have five-star recruits everywhere. They can't stop anyone on defense, right? And like you brought up the new defensive coordinator, but they have not played defense since Jim Tressel practically. Are they in the start of the same kind of thing that happened to Texas? Remember the same thing happened to Texas where Texas had the top five, top recruiting classes. All of a sudden they got a little more entitled, you know, they weren't playing as well on defense and they had a slow decline. Is this the same thing as that? Or do you think this is just a blip until they get a new coach instead of Ryan Day in there? Unlike Texas, who I think's talent is not there. They're, they're better than their record talent wise, but that Ohio state's talent is still top, top, right. top out there. Right. And I, I'm uh, talking about like years ago, like, Right after Vince Young left, right after like Colton Coy was leaving, and there was like where they they plateaued and like the down. The I down don't see that started. happening. Stroud's going to come out with it probably second and behind Bryce Young as a uh, Heisman Trophy candidate. Well, and they still have uh, Henderson at running back. Yeah, I mean, to me, I think it's a no brainer. They're going out. I think Harbaugh. That's why we're talking about him going to the NFL. Uh, Feinbaum brought up a good point on ESPN the other day where he said that, uh, you know, Harbaugh might beat Ohio State once every five, six years. It's time, you know, I mean, if he can go get a job in the NFL, go take it basically. And I kind of agree with that because uh, the team Ohio State's bringing back next year and all the people Michigan's losing, it could get ugly. Yeah, nope. I can can understand it. We'll see. I know Michigan has a lot of young players, a lot of young talent. We'll see where it goes and I'm interested to see where that core of McCarthy, Angela Anthony, and um, Blake Corum, and then uh, Edwards, the two running backs, you know, where they go uh, going next season. We're right on defense there. They're losing a lot for sure. I'll give Day a little credit because they were not ready to play against a good Utah team. Utah team is one of the few teams in the pack that play some physical football, and that's why they hammered Oregon twice in a row before they got to that game. It was their first Rose Bowl. You knew Utah was hyped. You knew Ohio State, you know, if they're not in the playoff, they ain't height. And they uh, woke up in the second half and got it done. So I got to give them some credit there. But it was definitely a disappointing season, no matter how you look at it when you're an Ohio State fan. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, we got to move on to some great news. Bengals, who day in the playoffs? Playoff game starts Monday or on, on Saturday. I'm going to the game, 4.30. I think it's 4.15 against the Raiders. Here we go. Got the shirt going here for you. Cincinnati, champions of the North. Who freaking day? That's what it says at the bottom. Can't deny it. Can't say anything about it. They're division champs. They're in the playoffs. And I'm excited. You know, the high is supposed to be like 23 degrees or 26 degrees, something like that on Saturday. It doesn't matter. I'll be there. Full effect, full force, hike in the end zone. We're ready to go. So what do you think about the Bengals this year? You a believer? You're going to start yelling who day for everybody? Forget the Browns? Oh, man. You know what? I'm going to sit here. I, I am a believer in the Bengals. I think Burroughs is that guy. He's special. I think what they've done on defense is fantastic. I think some of the rankings and their stats are a little deceiving because they get after the quarterback. Their receivers are awesome, right? I mean, bro, nobody the boy, to the boy, the boy to. doesn't get the ball thrown to him, and he's, yeah. he's uh, like uh, at least a number two on most teams. He's a number number three receiver, number four option on their team. Receivers and tight ends on the Bengals go get the ball. Burroughs knows he. I mean, look at that last game throwing in the not the Bengals game, but the one be, you know not the Browns game. Burroughs didn't play, yeah. but the week before the with Clemson. When, when uh, against the Chiefs, he throws, he knows he can throw the ball in the double coverage, and those dudes can go up and get the ball. Yeah. And that's huge, right? You got playmakers, uh, you and know, they're, young. they're all young. I, I, I looked like this up. Under. Yeah. When I was looking, doing the autopsy on the Browns season, I was shocked to see that the Bengals were right behind the Browns with 19 drops. Browns had 20, uh, yeah. but they were 10th in QBR, Burroughs. He has six in yards, 4,611 yards. Uh, the thing that's shocking, and you might agree with this, the Bengals' offensive line still a little sketchy. They were 30th in block pass rush win rate. Very uh, sketchy if you watch them throughout the year. So it's yeah. not surprising about that stat. They need to they need to get better and protect Burrow so he doesn't take as many hits. Yeah, I think the run blocking is not bad. Mixon's special. I don't care. I, I don't think he gets the credit he deserves for as good as he is when he's healthy. Um, yeah, he's a very patient runner. If you're watching run, like he's not just a hit the hole type of guy. Like he's definitely 
zone run scheme type of guy. He's gonna get the ball. He's gonna he's gonna look. He's gonna look for the cutback lane. Look for the lane to put his plant, plant his foot in the ground and cut it up and get in there. And he's he's very powerful. And if they actually ran an offense like the Browns, I think he'd probably excel because I think he's one of those running backs that actually gets stronger as the game goes on. It's just they don't use him like that. They use him for a little bit, then you know they have all the shiny toys on the outside and Joe Burrow when they can throw it around. Yeah, he's a huge dude. I mean, Mixon's a big running back. Uh, you know, uh, the Bengals. I just, uh, I'm a, I'm a believer, but I'm also a hater. I'm rooting for the Raiders to win it all. I want Damn, the, ultimate, I want the ultimate fu to, uh, you know, Goodell would be great as if the Raiders won it all. Go black and gold, <laughs> black and black and silver. silver nation. Commitment to excellence. Hey, I'm not gonna lie. Raiders get it done. Growing up, I was a Raiders fan. Favorite players, Tim Brown. So, yeah. you know, I always follow the Raiders. You know, I think it's cool to watch the Bengals play the Raiders. I still want the Bengals to win. If the Raiders are playing someone else, I'll probably be going for the Raiders right now because that was my team growing up. But, I mean, I'll say I'll go for the Bengals, man. Yeah, but it's going to be a battle for sure. Look at the stuff that the Raiders had to deal with this year, and they won four straight. They've been in playoff mode for weeks, getting it done. Right, so this is Josh Jacob. Is it Josh Jacobs, the running back, is a beast. He is a beast, right? He he was awesome in that game against the Chargers. Wasn't Derek Carr. Derek Carr was garbage a lot of the game. Josh Jacobs was hurt. I forget what he said was hurt, but he was hurt. And he he didn't look like it. He didn't look like it on that run that got him in field goal range to win that game. And then Max Crosby – Probably, you know, Miles Garrett's the most gifted defensive end in the league. TJ Watts got the sack record. Max Crosby's just a man, dude. That you're this is where I'm worried for the Bengals. That Raiders defensive line is nasty and they lay all over you the whole game. And yep. that's going to happen to Burroughs. The offense coordinator is looking to get some quicker passes going in the regular season. Like if their defense line was dominating the offense line from the Bengals. You know, it's just their offense couldn't do anything. But Bengals' defense was playing pretty well. So, it was a close game through the first half, even halfway through the third quarter. And the Bengals actually started running the ball instead of sitting back and throwing it. And then that's when they started taking over. And Mixon had a good third and fourth quarter. And then the, I think the Bengals got a turnover, and that helped too. So, that's what got them ahead by a couple touchdowns. But up in that point, like, it was a dogfight for sure. And their defense line was the reason why it was happening. Yeah, and the only thing the Bengals got to worry about is Baker's still the mayor of Cincinnati with a six and one record against the Bengals. So yeah, it's well, all right. we'll see what happens. Bengals are in the playoffs. I'm good with it. <laughs> <laughs> Browns take the battle of Ohio last game of the year, two not two and zero this year against the Bengals. Uh, Bengals had a rough patch there when the Browns caught them during their rough patch because I think they were coming off a loss to the Jets too. I don't know where the hell that came from. Horrible. But, uh, they figured it out, and uh, last game was the most meaningless game of the year for a lot of teams, particularly Browns and Bengals. Even though it's still the Battle of Ohio, it means something to the fans. At, and you know, the at the time, most squad, Bengals most, the JV squad for sure. Yeah, it's the JV squad, and most of the players in that game are playing hard for a job next year. Yep, I agree. I agree. All right, you're gonna go ahead and serve the, the autopsy for the Browns. Yeah, so before we get into our playoff picks and talking about real teams here, we got to do an autopsy of the Cleveland Browns here. Uh, Massive disappointment. 75th anniversary celebration lands with possibly the biggest disappointment in 75 years of the Cleveland Browns history. I think that's not a bold statement. Uh, The 80s teams overachieved. Bernie's teams lost to Elway. Uh, Browns dominated the league in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, a lot of the 60s. Uh, Steelers obviously were the team in the seventies. Browns were down. No one expected anything. Um, these last 20 years, there might've been some hype with Derek Anderson, your boy, Braylon Edwards there after the 2007, 11 win team, uh, that lost. I think me and you were at that game freezing our ass off when the Bengals, a bad Bengals team kicked the Browns out of the playoffs. Uh, yeah. And you're going to be in that kind of weather again this week. Uh, Yeah, so massive disappointment. I'm going to go into some of the jobbers. Bottom line is, right, I'm not going to talk about Baker just yet. The receivers are terrible. We didn't have a receiver in the top 50 in yards, receptions, or anything. They can't get open. We just talked about Bengals receivers catching the ball in double coverage. 
Browns receivers and tight ends can't get open on single coverage. Landry's hurt all year. He never practiced, so he was never practicing with Baker. His drops against Pittsburgh were unacceptable and why they lost to the Steelers the first game. OBJ was a disaster, right? Yeah. Uh, what did you, you have something on Landry? No, I just said Landry, I, I think he's getting old. I feel like he can't separate from yeah. coverage. He's just old. He, for a receiver, he's just getting older. His body's too beat up or whatever it is. He's not the same receiver he was feel like three years ago. So his guaranteed money's over and he's owed 15 million next year. So he'll be gone. OBJ already gone. Part of the problem with the team. He's terrible. People said, get him the ball. Everybody should have remembered on Thursday night, all the drops case Keenum threw to him. The Denver game was close because OBJ can't catch the football. And real quick on my justification for obj i watched the rams 49ers game awesome performance by the 49ers obj ran the wrong routes dropped passes it was ultimately the guy that the interception stafford threw to stafford's qbr went to 111 i believe for the year down to 91 with obj playing he is a problem i'm glad he's gone but he killed the browns for a lot of season uh Donovan Peoples-Jones, too many drops. He's made some spectacular catches, but you got it. You know, as a receiver, you got to catch the the gimmies. Too many drops. Browns had 20 drops this year, and I think it was more than that. They should have been charged for more than that. Uh, Can't get open, right? COVID went wild with the Browns for the second year in a row. This is an organizational problem. How much COVID issues did the Bengals have this year? Tell the people. How many? Not a lot. I'll be honest. They didn't have many. I felt like it it was very limited. Yeah, and everybody made the big deal about Burrow's statement. He was just messing around saying that, right? Like, come on, people. You really think there's that much more to do in Cleveland? I've lived in both places. Let me tell you, there's not much of a difference when it comes to being out in the COVID area, right, with stuff to do. Uh, I can tell you that that's two years in a row Stefanski hasn't been able to coach. A ton of people's out with COVID. It shows a lack of control, in my opinion, of protocols and stuff because you don't see other teams. Other teams had problems. Other teams had outbreaks. It was all year with the Browns, right? So that's just, I think there's mismanagement there. Uh, The play calling's garbage. Stefanski came back this year. Didn't change his offense at all. Defensive coordinators are too good. They adjusted, and they took away the uh, play-action pass. Do you agree? Yep, I agree 100%. Yeah. Tight end, Hooper, third highest paid or fourth highest paid tight end. He was higher when they assigned him. Six drops this year. He can't run. As soon as he catches it, if he does catch it, he falls. He can't get open. Joku is a disappointment. He looks like Tarzan plays like Jane. Dude needs to go out there and get the ball. He reminds me of Courtney Brown that the Browns drafted out of Penn State <laughs> way back in the day that looked like Mr. Olympia and played yep. like Jane, right? Uh, tight end situations, terrible, right? Uh, safety came out. John Johnston, some of the players said that they think the training staff injuries were a big problem. Some of the players came out and said that from, you know, they came from other teams. They got to focus more on stretching and all this stuff. So it looks like there's a problem in the training room. Too many soft tissues injuries. That's a organizational problem. And then I got to finish up with Baker Mayfield, right? Baker Mayfield was playing with a broken shoulder, uh, a torn labrum on his non-throwing shoulder, but anybody who's thrown a football knows that's going to affect you. I had to play with a harness my senior year at college for a couple of games because I dislocated my shoulder. I know the technology is much better now, but it's hard to breathe in them things, and they do affect the way you can play. You can only lift your arms so much, right? Yep. Um, obviously, QBR was terrible. I think he finished 27th. I uh, had 3,010 yards, finished 24th. Pass block win rate, you know, a lot of his detractors will go towards that. Like we just talked about the Bengals being 30th. The Browns were fourth, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, Baker holding the ball too long, but he's holding the ball too long because nobody can get open, right? Nobody can get open. Uh, the only thing I got to say about Baker, and I know this is part of his criticism, and I want your input on this. He's getting into it with the media again. He went after Mary Kay Cobbett. So what happens then? You know, she's a respected reporter in Cleveland, right? Told her she, you know, I'm not your puppet to make food off your table. I hate to tell you, that's what the media makes their money off of. And you just make more money by talking stuff. What do you think? Right. No, I agree. I mean, he does. I think he interacts with the media, like, as far as, like, going after. I mean, I guess it just depends. I mean, it's kind of his personality. He's always kind of been like that since college. You know, he's going to speak his mind one way or another. He's not just going to shut up and let people 
you know, tell their narrative, control the narrative, or whatever. If he feels like he has something to say, like he's going to say it as far as doing that. Um, you know, there's no telling what else he, what else gets brought to him on a regular basis. Like only he knows as far as that, what he has to deal with. So, you know, I don't know if it was just something leading up to it or if he's just sick of it or he's just frustrated or whatever it is. Either way, most times players don't call out the, the media like that in their towns, but he seems to be at odds with the media on the regular basis. And it's not like he has some backup on that as well. So. Yeah, you don't need everybody writing bad about you. I know a lot of ex-quarterbacks for the Browns team did his defense and said he's right about her, which right. I caught what caught me off guard with Kaiser and Whedon. People haven't talked about the Browns since they've been gone. But uh, Feinbaum, you know, flat out called him a punk and said he thinks the Browns should move on. He's a poor man, Johnny's Manziel. So, I mean, he's rubbed a lot of people wrong that have big voices on these TVs. I think he Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's, media, it's media, though. That's the thing, like, Paul Feinbaum, like, I get it. He's all SEC. He's written a lot and everything. But, like, I only take someone's opinion that's, I feel like, never played the sport so far. Yeah, I agree, too. And you know what? Like, uh, but a lot of these reporters, he shouldn't feed them, right? Right. Like, no, Browns, that's true. I agree. 850 ESPN Cleveland, I think, is most listened to local sports cast out there because they like to stir stuff up. Yep. Right? Don't fall for it. Like, I – the. They talk about him growing up and he probably needs to just stop. Don't, don't mess with the media. Just leave them alone and let them talk their stuff and go out and just win. Right. They've already committed to him real quick. Finish up the Browns. Cause I know we got to get going. Are you good with Baker coming back? Do you think it's the right move? I think it's the right move. They just, uh, just for the fact on, they don't, I don't think that the Browns need to try to rebuild. Like, all right, he's finally in the offense for second, third year in a row. As far as doing that, they need a few better pieces around him. He needs to be healthy. And, um, I mean, he's already proven that they can get to the playoffs with this formula and they can win playoff games with this formula. They just have to execute better and get everybody on the same page as far as everything. So whatever's up with him and Stefanski, they need to figure it out. I definitely think he's he's not a below-average quarterback. I think he's at least at least average. I think he's, he's probably better than average, to be honest with you. I'm not saying he's a superstar going to pull like an Aaron Rodgers or anything like that. But I think he's definitely serviceable, and I think he can definitely get them where they need to be. And I think he's better than, like, a Carson Wentz. Like, if he was quarterback for the Colts, the Colts would probably be in the playoffs right now, uh, to be honest with you. But that's all a whole other story. Yeah, and they just had too many games. Kareem Hunt only played in eight games. I'd move on from him because he's getting to that point where he's injured a lot. Dearness Johnson showed me something. Uh Chubb's a beast, but and he's awesome when he plays, but he missed too many games. There's just too many injuries. And I like I said, maybe they do have to look at the training staff. Miles Garrett, I be, I believe was the defensive player of the year up till about the last four weeks when he pulled his groin. TJ Watt broke the sack record in Pittsburgh. I hate to say it, but I think when someone breaks a sack record, that's probably the guy who's got to get their award. So right. Um that's all I got. Huge disappointment. I'm wearing my Disney hat today because. That's where the Browns are going. Not because they won a championship, because they're done playing football early this year, right? Exactly. So I got my vacation hat on. I'm done with football. I'm ready to go back to Disney for a year. Hey, I can send you I can send you a, a Bengals shirt. Come oh, on, man. man. I feel Food dirty wearing day. this. I feel Food dirty wearing this. Day. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. So Speaking of who day, we got to get our playoff picks in, so let's get it going. <laughs> and uh, right. I, I want to remind everybody, my Super Bowl picks from a couple weeks back, I know we had changed it. I remember my Super Bowl picks was Arizona Cardinals and the Buffalo Bills. I was sticking with that or whatever. We'll, we'll see as far as these playoffs because the playoff rankings are a little bit different than what I thought they were going to be. So it's going to be yeah. interesting to see where it's going to go. All right. Let's blow through them here. First game, Saturday at 4.30. Las Vegas at Cincinnati. Uday. Home field advantage. Burrow, Mixon. Hopefully the both of the Bengals come out and run the ball, establish line of scrimmage, run some play action, and play good defense, and make Carr turn the ball over, and um, keep Josh Jacobs at bay. They can do that. Keep the Raiders defensive line, you know, kind of at bay as well. Controlled by running the football, the Bengals should win, in my opinion. We'll I got that. a hot take, baby. It's it's <laughs> just win, you're, you're baby. Just Las you're Vegas, Las Vegas you're is coming. Hating. That's all it is. You're hey. just playing. Hey, you're just, you're just trying to. 
pour the haterade. You're trying to pour it and drink the haterade. Because you're just salty because the brownies are going to Disney World and they're having to win the championship. That's all. You're salty. Max, Max, hey, Max gonna be making burrows, patties. Derek Carr's finally gonna rise up to the big occasion. Jacob's gonna run all over. The Raiders are gonna pull their impose their will and perform the big upset. So I got Vegas. All right. <laughs> 815. We got the Patriots at Bills. Whoa, tough one. Oh, that's tough. <clears throat> they're at the Bills, though. The Bills are playing a little bit better, but I still feel like they're underwhelming on offense. I think I'm going to go Bills just because I think Josh Allen's going to show up. Um, it's tough, though, because Patriots, I mean, their defense their defense has gotten them there. They're not flashy on offense, but their defense can cause problems. But I'm sticking with the Bills. I believe home field's a lot in this one because if the game was in Foxborough, I think it would be a tougher decision for me. But Bills at home, Bills yeah. Mafia going to be wild. Josh Allen versus a rookie quarterback. I got to go Buffalo. All right, Sunday, we got my local team, the Philadelphia Eagles, at the Tampa Bay Bucks. What do we got here? As much as I like Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, I'm going with Tom Brady and the Bucks. You know, the, the Bucks have been hurt. They're getting some players back. Hopefully, for them, they can get um, Levante David back at linebacker. Um, I mean, they still have their top two receivers. I mean, they still have Mike Evans. They still have Gronk. You know, I think they have Keith, was it Keyshawn Vaughn, at running back, that's serviceable, and they have Brady at quarterback. Brady's smart with the ball. He's going to get the ball out quick. He's going to make it work with whoever's out there playing with him. And he's a veteran, and he's he's the GOAT. And I think he's going to show it again. And he also led the league in all the major categories, all four major categories. First quarterback to do that in years at 44 years old. It's just Impressive. freakish. Impressive. Uh, I think even the local media around here and uh, fans realize uh, they're, they're, the Philly wasn't even supposed to make the playoffs. I think their coach should be up for coach of the year. Yeah. Uh, they were picked to finish last. So congrats to Philly, but the party's over. I got Tampa too. All right. At 430, that's a tough one. San Francisco at Dallas. Maybe not a tough one. What's your thoughts? Oh, man. They're at Dallas, right? Yep. Like, to me, the Cowboys on offense have been nothing special against teams that have been good. Like, against teams that they should be, they've run it up on them. They'll throw all over the place and everything. But in those close games, they just – Zeke's not running the ball like he he has before. You know, he he's older, I'm guessing. He doesn't have quite have the explosiveness. Their backup Pollard is hurt. They do have great receivers. Like I like CD Lamb. I like their tight end. I don't like a, I don't like Cooper. I feel like Cooper takes series off. Like some or takes games off. Some games he's there and he's great. Other games he completely disappears. And he can't be that if he's a number one receiver. But I definitely think CD Lamb's the number one. Um Dallas' defense has improved. Um, yeah, Parsons is ridiculous. Yeah, he, he's he's a difference maker. And then they got um, they got Diggs at corner. He's a difference maker. And they have a couple guys that are good, but like I think it's going to come down to the offense and Dak. And I think they can do it. Um, it just depends if the if the Niners can pound the ball against them. They're going to win the power running game, and they're going to try to make it ugly, and they're going to try to play do that and play defense. And um, I don't you know. You sound like you're trying to talk your talk yourself into an answer. <laughs> I know. I, I kind of I am. I'm going to I'm, I'm go with the Cowboys, but it will not surprise me if the Niners win. I actually I am going Niners. I think if uh, Garoppolo plays any yeah, kind of game at all, San Francisco's overall team is sick. Debo Samuels and Jennings at receiver. They got Kittle at tight end. They yeah, Brandon Ayuk, too. They've been in the doghouse after year. Yeah, they beat you up on both sides of the line of scrimmage. They're the only team that kind of plays the way they do in the playoffs. Uh, I got Sam Fran with the upset. Okay, 8-15, Pittsburgh at Kansas City. Do we really have to spend much time on this one? Kansas City's going to roll. Big Ben, happy retirement. Yeah, Kansas City rolls. We're going to move on. Uh, Monday, first playoff game on Monday, 8-15, Arizona at Los Angeles. I know who I got in this one. I'm going Los Angeles. What about you? I'm taking Arizona. Um, I like Kyler Murray better than Matthew Stafford. I thought Matthew Stafford was a great pick for the, the Rams, but I feel like he's been underwhelming, and I don't know if he's trying to force it. Like, ever since OBJ came there, it hasn't been the same. I think it's because Robert Woods got hurt more than OBJ coming there. I think Robert Woods got hurt. I think the receiving core was great before that, and I think Robert Woods, the difference between Robert Woods and Odell Beckham Jr., 
has been a difference, and I think it's affected their offense. No one talks about it, but the like OBJ is not just a a slide in and do the same kind of thing that Robert Woods is doing, and um, I think it made a difference. Okay, so we definitely have some differences to discuss next week. See so who's right. I got a lot of West Coast bias going on here. I don't know if I'm I'm comfortable with that, but it is what it is. Uh, we both got some upsets in here, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. There's our picks. Hundred percent. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm I'm I'm, I'm excited, but I'm kind of sad because I know football season's starting to come to an end. <laughs> yeah, college is done. We're on to the playoffs, right? Yep. All right, and because it's autopsy Black Friday, Black Monday yesterday, Black Friday's for the shopping, Black Monday's for the firing. We yeah, got rampant fire. Fired. Black Monday in NFL It's what it's called. Yep. So there's been a few. Yes, and we got some candidates already. Now, this guy didn't even make it to Monday, so we'll start with him. Oh, yeah, we're doing, and by the way, everybody, we're doing rapid fire with the NFL coaches and should they be fired, yes or no? Yep, rapid fire, yes or no. Nick Fangino, no playoffs in Denver in three years, terrible record, yes or no? Vic Fangio, sorry, dude, and those probably because your quarterback isn't quite ready yet, but the rest of the team was there, didn't make the playoffs, got to go. Peace. I am totally on board with that. Yeah, he can blame quarterback all he wants. Now, this one I have strong opinions on. Matt Nagy in Chicago. <laughs> Matt Nagy. I mean, I probably would have fired him in the middle of the season because the way he tried to bring, like, the way he tried to do uh, Justin Fields and the way that he didn't try to adapt his offense to his – if they're going to play the quarterback, he tried to adapt his offense to the quarterback. He tried to make the quarterback adapt to his offense, which is completely stupid to me. And I don't know what coach would do that. Like, you're not helping the kid out by doing that at all. So, um, in my opinion, it's got to go. This dude was on the Eagles staff when they won the Super Bowl, I believe. Yep. He is – he should go to jail for try, for attempted murder on Justin Fields in that game against the Browns, putting him out there trying to run that weak ass offense against Clowney and Miles Garrett. Right? He is terrible coach. Terrible. He yeah. is the worst of the worst. He reminds me of them guys, the old coaches with the ego. We're gonna run what I want to run. I don't care what you are. Right? Yep, he exactly. is awful, awful, awful. <laughs> it is an emphatic yes. Firing. You should have fired him last year. All right, not that I care about Chicago, but I like Justin Fields. I don't want to see another person get killed because he already ruined the Cleveland kid's career, it right? Pretty bad. It's pretty yeah, bad. Yeah, so, yeah. All right, so we got some yeses there. All right, this one's probably a little close to home. Matt Zimmer, Minnesota, eight years winning record, three playoff appearances. Uh, what do you think? I think, honestly, like, they still have some talent there, but I think it's just it's time for a change. It's been eight years. They made some playoff appearances, but they're not a Super Bowl team. And they have some talent on the roster, but I think they may have just missed their boat as far as that. They have young receivers that are good. They have a good running back. They need a little bit better quarterback probably. And their defense kind of on the on the downslope. And I think it's time for him, time for them to move on, shake hands, you know, part ways and bring the Vikings to bring in someone else. I agree. Zimmer's a good coach. I think it's time to move on, but you cannot win with Kirk Cousins. He is the definition of a coach killer. He's going to win eight games. You're not, you know, he's going to make, he's going to have big games, got bad games. Minnesota has talent. They got Dalvin Coke at running back for crying out loud. Uh, it's time to move on after eight years. It's just not working. I think the uh, franchise needs a reset. I yeah. agree. All right. This is the controversial one that people are talking about. Flores in Miami ousted. But I mean, the I'll thing you. I'll say about Flores is his team was still playing for him. But then I've heard all the backstory as far as everything. Like, I don't think he necessarily wanted to bring Tua on. Like, I think it was a general manager thing. And someone, another coach that was offense coordinator that was there before. And then he was there for a year and then he left and went to another team as far as doing that. So now it's like the general manager is still there and Flores has a quarterback that he didn't really want in the first place. I didn't, I don't know. I think it was more just disagreements between Flores and the front office and, and the owner more than anything. So not because the players didn't want to play for him. I think he coached very well, you know, after the start they went, they, they were on, I think he coached better down the stretch and the players are playing for him. So that's one thing we see players still playing for their coach. Um, but yeah, I think it's just time for them to part ways. I am completely in agreement. I'll tell you why. Um, 22 and 23 in three years, not good enough in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, never got the offense fixed. They were expected to do something this year. They started one and seven. 
He has no playoff appearances. Nagy has two playoff appearances. Zimmer has three, although it was over eight years. But Nagy had two playoff appearances in four years, as terrible a coach as he is. Uh, I think Miami has talent. And I think I've watched a lot today where people don't think two is the guy. Uh, That's probably true. But at the end of the day, that's not good enough in the NFL. That might not be a popular take. People think you got a raw deal. You're hearing, though, that he possibly wanted Deshaun Watson, and uh, the owner thinks two is the guy, and that was a lot of what's going on. But if you want Deshaun Watson, I'm already thinking low of you because I think he's the most overrated player I've ever seen in my life in the National Football League. Yeah, I think think different. If we're we're talking about on the football field, I don't think he's overrated at all. No, he's overrated. Overrated. I'll go back and show all the stats. I don't care they led the league in passing last year. Houston was the worst team in the league. Every team, every quarterback that plays on the worst team in the league leads the league in passing. Look at Kirk Cousins. He always has a thousand yards because they're terrible, right? So, uh, if he wanted that, that's not the answer. So I don't. I agree with. I actually side with the Dolphins owner on that. Watson's not the answer. Plus, you bring in that baggage and you mortgage your future. Any team that does that's going to regret it. I'm warning all the teams out there right now. Anybody who touches this guy is going to regret it big time. I know you disagree on that, but well, I, think- I I just disagree that I don't think Watson's a bum on the football field. Now, there's a lot of baggage that's not worth it to me. Like I'd rather stick with Tua and try to figure it out because he's figuring out with his young receiving core and everything. Um, but, yeah. Health has been a lot of Tua's problem, and I don't know if that's something that can be fixed, right? But we'll see. Right. All right, I got a strong opinion on this one, too, and you're probably going to say, but who should be fired? And it ain't Stefanski, believe it or not. I got somebody else in mind. There's someone else in mind? Who should yeah. be fired? Who should be fired? Oh, man. I, I didn't. I should have thought about this before. Go with your guy, and I'll see if I can think of somebody. Joe Judge of the Giants. That dude needs to go. Two years, and it's just the Giants, a proud franchise. It's the new Cleveland Browns. They are terrible. They are awful. They tried to sneak it on third and nine. They are the worst team I've ever seen in my life. Sneak it on third and nine at their own four-yard line. This dude walks around all, like, tough and all this and that, and – uh, how are they going to get free agents with this guy? I mean, this dude has got to go. Yeah. How many times have we seen Belichick's guys go to other teams and try to be tough guy Belichick and walk around? He reminds me of Mangini a little bit, walking around all tough, uh, you know, bossing people around. Everybody thinks they're Belichick. He ain't Belichick. That's why Belichick's free. Vrabel, you know, I mean – Vrabel's doesn't even act like Belichick. Vrabel's more chill and whatever. But. He played for Belichick, though. Not necessarily a lot of coaching, I don't think. But all these ex-Belichick coaches don't work. Going all the way back to Romeo Cornell and Charlie Weiss. Charlie Weiss is such a bad coach. He was paid by four different organizations not to coach for them at the same time because of how bad. He got fired by Chiefs, I believe. Notre Dame, Kansas. And then whoever hell he was trying to coach at a lower level fired him and all had to pay him at the same time. You know, it's lucrative to be a bad coach in the NFL if you coach for Belichick because you keep getting jobs. Flores, Belichick guy, gone, 22-23. So it doesn't work. Joe Judge, you suck. Giants, you suck. Out. Who you got? I still don't have anybody. I'm trying to think who would even be out there. Who's Texans coach? I don't know. Either way, they should probably change it up. Uh, they just hired that guy. It's his first year. He was in an impossible position. I'm not getting rid of him. And Texans played strong the second half of the year, too. No, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens, though, in the future. I'm looking forward to Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions. <laughs> I want to see what he can really do with them because they played hard for him. And there are many games where they probably could have won, and they barely lost. And they're figuring it out how to win. Yeah, I mean, he's got yeah. – I think they'll be much improved next year. Plus, I think he's going to be – Still getting used to being a head coach. I'm sure he made a bunch of mistakes along the way. I think he's going to improve as well. So between him improving, his team improving, I think his team's going to believe in him. I think they're going to make strides. Yeah, I'm with you. I like Dan Campbell, even though he's a meathead, and usually everybody's going with these younger uh, analytics-driven guys instead of these ex-raw-raw guys. But I think it works if he surrounds in play. He already got rid of Anthony Lynn. Uh, as his offensive coordinator, who I thought was shouldn't have got fired with the San Diego Chargers last year. I think they made a bad decision firing him. But uh, the offense wasn't that good, but they have golf, right? But they traded for golf to get all those picks from the Rams. So they're playing for the future. 
I, yeah. I hope the Lions are on hard knocks because Dan Campbell's must-see TV, and they need to be on hard knocks this year. That's my team for hard knocks, Detroit Lions. Get them on. All right. Coach of the um, year? Who's, you got coach, coach of the, of the year, year, coach of the year. I know who you got, but just, right. just say it. Just tell us. Hey, Zach Taylor, who that? <laughs> who that? You can't go wrong there in the playoffs this year. Game will say before this season to fire him. That is I fired him last year. In the garbage. He fired him last year. I said, have the faith. They're going in the right direction. They're changing things up with the roster. Guess what they did? I had faith. They changed it up with the roster. Their defense improved. Their offense improved. And guess what? They're in the playoffs. They're division champs. And coach of the year. Can't go wrong. And they still have – the um what as far as all the playoffs teams they still have the most room till the salary cap they still have almost 50 million dollars to the salary cap that means they can spend some money if they want to mike brown's a cheap ass but we won't talk about that yeah it's true uh i gotta give you a lot of credit you did stick behind him i can't i tried to bait you in saying you need to fire him all, all the time and you just never Ooh. take the bait and it paid off I'm going with the team playing the Bengals this week. I'm going with Rich, Bas- how do you say it, Biscay or something? I, I don't even know. Either way, he's done a good job. Yeah. The, all Four the straight wins. They've been in playoff mode. They had to deal with the Gruden firing. They had to deal where he took over a couple games in the season. The rugs, rat killing people. The Ohio State defensive back pointing the gun at the camera, threatening to kill people. DUIs, trouble follows them everywhere. Somehow he's held that team together. Somehow they've won four straight games. Somehow they're in the playoffs in Cincinnati this weekend. Hey. Uh, and and one, thing, one thing they don't that no one has brought up, which kind of surprised me a little bit, is the fact that they have the only openly gay player in the league after, and then, you know, I mean, oh, I, I forgot about that. Too. Yeah. Him, but like Gruden said everything he said in the past or whatever. And, you know, they've had the, you know, help him through that situation as well. So I'm sure that he had some thoughts and opinions on that uh, overall as far as doing that too. So, I mean, that's just kind of a little extra thing that's even thrown in there that I haven't really heard much about. I'm kind of surprised. And, that you, I and you know what? Like, and the Browns drafted him third round yep. uh, out of Penn State. The uh, And I didn't want to get rid of him. I thought he was a good player. Yeah, he's a good uh, player for sure. Uh, I thought uh, just – when things like that happen, that much stuff happens to a team, two things can happen. They can lay down and die and get blown out like a lot of these teams do, especially at the professional level, right? Mm-hmm. You don't see people rally at the professional level usually when stuff like this happens. You got everybody thinking about themselves and their next paycheck. A team it. rallied around, man. They got it together. I, I, Carr, I, you can question him as a quarterback. I do, but uh, he's a good leader. Yep. Uh, the rest of the team got it together. What can you say? Yeah. Hey, no, good for them. They're in the playoffs. They they worked hard. They fought hard. And, yeah, I mean, there's no reason why he shouldn't get a shot somewhere. He shows he can coach through adversity. So, like, Supposedly Harbaugh and uh, uh, Davis are buddies. I heard Raiders. I've yeah, heard I mean, Raiders. I've heard that too. It's tax-free out there in Vegas. He makes yeah, a lot of money and pay no taxes on it. Hey, and hey. it's Vegas. It's also Vegas. Messing with his money. Oh. Not yeah. his money. Either way, he's going to get paid. Yeah. Yes. So, all right. That's a rapid fire. A lot of coach talk there. Obviously, it's been heavy football. So, I got to bring my get real and my favorite subject. That's right. Get real topic. I got to get calves, right? I'm almost all sold in. And it isn't all their fault, right? They lost Ricky Rubio. They've been two and five since Ricky Rubio tore his ACL earlier in the year. Sexton tore his ACL. I heard they're the most active team in the trade market. They're trying to get guards. They're trying to get players. But hey, this is Rajon Rondo. Rondo. Rajon Rondo. They got Rondo. Rondo's out there chucking six threes. You're supposed to come in and be a team player. What are you doing out there chucking shots up all over the place in year 16? Know your role. Ain't that what the Rock used to say? Know your role. Know your role, Rondo. <laughs> Dish the ball, play defense, quit shooting threes, right? So they, thanks for that layup. I wasn't even going there to start. You're welcome. But, and then the other out. part, they were on national TV. The Cavs are notorious for laying down on national TV. It was Clay Thompson's return. Everybody's fired up in the Oracle Arena. If I was playing in that game, how many regular season games mean anything in the NBA? That game meant something. That's been a rivalry, Cavs-Warriors, for obvious reasons. Uh, people should have been hyped. And you got 
pumped on national TV. Thank God there was an NFL game going on, so not enough people seen that yet. But you got punked. You guys, this is why I got mad. Jared Allen, Looney took your manhood. He took your manhood. 16 rebounds. Looney, just a scrub, not a scrub, but like just a marginal player on a team heavy with guards. Lori and Lamar Stevens got dunked on by Clay Thompson, who hasn't played a game in two years coming off ACL and knee surgery. And you got stuffed on. Stuffed on. <laughs> they took it. Golden State took everybody's manhood that day. It was embarrassing the way they were getting pushed around because you know what the Cavs have been winning on? We talked about bully ball. They've been bullying people. Starting to be seven footers. Kevin Love going out there, dropping like 35 points. Yeah. Yeah. And Kevin Love was good last night. He came out in the first half, dropped 14 the first nine minutes when he was in the field in the thing. He's, he's definitely made a renaissance. But you got punked. And you got punked on the glass. And that's where you win games when you're the Cavaliers. When you start three seven-footers, you do not get punked on the glass by the Golden State Warriors. It's a guard-heavy team. And Draymond Green didn't play. So come on, J.B. Bickerstaff. Get your guys ready to play in big games. That's all I got. Hey, they're young, man. Give us the time. They're young. They're young. Done. 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 Championship this year. Calm down. Play for yeah. Tell me who's messing with their money. Messing with money, it's your boy AB Antonio Brown. Because the other week he was playing there, the uh, Bucks playing against the Jets. Him and the head coach um, got into Bruce Arians, got into the altercation on the sideline, verbal spat back and forth. All of a sudden, you see Antonio Brown get up. You, you see um, Arians say, You're done. He gets up. Mike Evans trying to talk to him. He's like, Nope. Takes off shoulder helmet, shoulder pads, shirt, throws a shirt into the crowd, walks off the field. Who does that? Who walks off the field? And afterwards, you say, well, yeah, Bruce Arians just cut me right there. I'm like, all right, what head coach cuts a player right there in the middle of the game? He probably told you you're sitting out, but he didn't cut you. He doesn't have that. He's not the GM. He doesn't have that ability. He might be able to give us input, but he didn't cut you on the spot. To me, that's stupid. Either way, the reason why it's messing with this money is because A.B. had an incentive-laden contract. So $2 million. If he had eight more catches, he would unlock the 333 hundred thousand dollar bonus if you had 55 more receiving yards you would unlock another three hundred thirty three hundred thousand dollar bonus and if you had one more receiving touchdown he'll unlock a three hundred thirty three thousand dollar bonus so that adds up to just under a mil you know right around a million dollars either way and he had two weeks to do it he had two weeks to do it that should have been easy money for him easy mill wouldn't have been a big deal and then I'm sure he would go on. They would have signed an extension in the offseason because he's still talented. He can still play. He can make a difference. Godwin's already got an ACL injury. So he would have been a, at least the number two receiver on that roster because Gronk is old. Gronk can barely run. He's just – Brady knows him and everything. It could have been Evans and A.B. and I don't even know who another receiver you could put out there. Cameron Brate and a tight end and um, Leonard Fournette, a running back, for the next season. While Godwin, Godwin comes back on his torn ACL midway through the year, he could have been that dude. No, but he says that he says that um, Tampa Bay tried to make him play through injuries. I don't. I just don't know if I believe him. Like just from past experience with Antonio Brown, it doesn't give you the. You don't want to give him the benefit of the doubt because you don't know if he's telling the truth or not. And he said the Tampa Bay tried to make this a mental health issue type thing, and he's like, no, it's not a mental health issue. So. Well, part of me wants to think, all right, maybe they did say, yeah, you want to play. Yeah, you should shoot You should shoot whatever up into your foot or whatever and play. Then you got out there and said, no, I can't do it anymore. I can't play or whatever. You know, there's that story. And then there's a story out there where it's like you're mad because you weren't getting enough looks on offense, probably because you want to get those incentives and you're upset about it causing a scene. And Arians is like, hey, it's going to happen. Chill out. Mike Evans said, hey, chill out. Don't leave the field. And he's like, no, forget you. I'm leaving the field. I'm leaving my team. I'm out. Who does that? Like, who leaves their team? That's just like, okay, I see how it is there. So, yeah, you can go on and keep moving. So, I don't know. I just don't believe him. I I would love to believe him. And he could be telling the truth. I don't know. But I don't see reason to give him benefit of the doubt. And he's not giving anybody else any reason to really believe him, in my opinion. Especially dogs Brady. Like, well, is Brady a real friend to me? Dude, Brady gave you a chance no one else wanted you to. He had to come down and live at his place. He got you to the point where you got an incentive-laden contract, so you got there and earn it a little bit and then get 
maybe a longer term deal after the fact, which you've just screwed up. So that's still mess with your money for the future. So the next team that signs is going to sign and probably do another one year deal and send him laden where he has to prove it. And what happens if he gets hurt? I mean, he's what, 34 years old? He's coming to the end of his NFL life. He could go out there and still probably play a little bit because he's he is freakishly athletic, but he's gonna be the it's gonna be a point in time where he's not gonna be that dude. He's still kind of that dude a little bit. It's just Tampa Bay had a lot of options too. But he's running out of time. He was getting hurt. There's something wrong with this guy. I don't know what it is. I he, I can't have him in my locker room. I heard there's already interest out there, according to him, but you can't believe anything he says. Uh, not can't in my teach talent. Room. Can't teach talent. People, someone will give him a chance, but it's going to be on a one-year incentive-laden contract because he has baggage he brings to the table. You know, whether it's I'll, true or not, I don't know. But how is Tomlin looking right now when he had the killer bees dealing with these three guys? I mean, yeah. wow. I mean, talk about the coaching job Tomlin must have had to do that nobody's talking about or knew about dealing with him and Bell. And but as much as you hate the Steelers, they do have a good organization. Yeah, I, I, I just there is no God. There can't be because the Steelers are in the playoffs again. I don't know how. There just can't be. <laughs> yeah. So, but that's what I got messed with your money um, with Rel. And um, great welcome back episode. I don't know how much time we went. I didn't do a timer on it. I don't went over what we normally do, but uh, that's all right. We wanted to, you know, bring it back, discuss a few things. We're obviously it's football heavy as far as that, but there's a lot of things going on. So, you know, we're excited. Dane, what you got for us, man? I got this. Thing. This thing's over, right? That's right. Now. Say, say, go, ah. I should have had you singing Hail to the Victory. It's over. Like, Hail to the Victory. Hail. You should have sang that the whole time. I should have been playing that in the background the whole time. As bad as it is, as bad as it is 75 years of loyalty. Then I'm going to show you a Champions of the North. Bengals. Who freaking day? That's all you got to say right there. Greatest shirt, greatest shirt of 2022. Got a minute. Dang, you should buy one. Come to Who Day fan. Oh, I, I got nothing left for this show. I, I hope we got something other than football. I got to find a new hobby on Sunday. The Browns have like brought me. I'm going to start taking up paper mache or something. I got to do hey, something. Start looking for those steak places for sure. Until then, hey, we'll check that out. Hit up Dan on social media at D DeMeo. Hit me up on social media at Franchise1122. We'll be on Facebook um, at Always Relevant. Hashtag Always Relevant. Find us out there. We'll be out there on Instagram, too, at some point in time. Dane's already left. He's trying to figure out what his hobby is on Sunday. Until next time, we'll talk to y'all soon. Have a good one. Later.